Hey guys, this is Mpumelelo from Bumi Over Coffee. Please catch all our podcasts and videos on robbedradio.com. Hi guys, welcome uh, to today's episode. Today I've got uh, Vuizondi, uh, the founder uh, of Curium Skincare, and we're just going to have a conversation regarding um, how she started, how she uh, battled through whatever challenges she has come across in business, because everybody goes through some form of challenges, and we're just going to try and help the next person to understand how best to get into it if they want to get into it, how best to circumvent whatever problems they, you know, they could come across. Um, as usual, please subscribe to our channel, uh, follow us on social media platforms, and let's see how we can all just get each other involved and uh, help each other as much as possible. So today, let's have a chat with Vui. Vui, welcome. Hello. So <laughs> you've introduced me. That was a very long introduction. <laughs> I kind of feel Let's you've said you. everything I could have said. Yeah. So thank you so much for having me. I yes. think that that's important. Thank you. No, no. Thank you for actually making time to come. Uh, basically, I just want to help everybody else to understand the mindset of getting into business. Okay. You know, how do we do that? What happens at that moment when you decide to get into business? And then secondly, through business, you know, there's usually problems. Some, some people just see the success. They never understand the little hassles that we have behind the scenes. Um, it takes a couple of years to be prominent in your industry, but people just see us. Uh, if one day we've opened a store in Santon, for instance, and then people think, you know what, everything is all smooth, not realizing of you know, toil uh, that we've, like we've been going through. So now my main thing now is having a chat with different people to understand that. Okay. How did you start, sister? Okay, so um, for me, Curium was really a hobby that transitioned into a commercial business. Um, it's something I, I just, I had a natural interest in grooming and beauty, and then I started to make these natural beauty products for people around me, so it was my friends and people I'd gone to business school with. Yeah. And it's actually the close circle of girls that I met at business school that pushed me, because we used to have a WhatsApp group, and then they pushed me, and they're like, you know, you could do this commercially, and I was yeah. like, hmm. Are you Let's sure see. about this? <laughs> so then I put it out onto Twitter. And um, I mean, I was still, it was still handmade. It was still in the kitchen. It was very much a hobby. It was, it was purely a hobby side hustle. Yeah. And it started to, to pick up momentum. And then I think three months later or so, we had an online store just so that everything could be official and go and through, yes, you know, yes. um, some sort of a process. So it's not just me getting orders on, you know, DM or getting orders yeah, via WhatsApp, yeah. whatever it would be. So we started the online store, then Curium started to take shape, I think, to what it is now. So truly, honestly speaking, it is it was a passion project, passion project yeah. um, a hobby that then became a business. Um, and I think it's now, I mean, uh, uh, what, more than three years, three four years. years old. So now I think we're quite successfully, Launched you know, nearing unicorn, yeah. that fifth year of the startup business, phase of a yes. business. So we, yeah, we're growing quite nicely. Yeah. Mm. And then like the transitioning, because um, you're in corporate, um, and the transitioning from somebody in corporate to get into um, uh, entrepreneurship, was it hard? Was it something that you just consciously said, you know what, this is happening on the side? Eventually, I'm, I need to be fully uh, working or employed by Curium. But then that transition to say, okay, but you know what, for now, because when I end on the side or 
So when I started Karim, honestly speaking, it was just a hobby. I didn't, I, I, at, at the moment when I started, I didn't envisage or I didn't, I didn't see where we yeah, are now yeah. because it was still just a hobby phase. But then the busier it got, the more we got formal listings, yes. the more it started to take shape. Then I saw that, you yes, know what, I can't have my corporate job and still have Karim because I was working in management consulting, which yeah. in itself is not an eight-hour job. It's a very demanding Kids job. So do, then... Yeah. I mean, it, it naturally, I would have had to cho have chosen between the two. And then end of 2018, I left. I left corporate. Um, so I've been running Corium fully now as an entrepreneur, I think since the beginning of last year. Oh, yeah. last year, yeah. Mm. Since the, so I took December and January off. So since February 2019, I've been running it. And how has it been, though? So, I mean, entrepreneurship is, 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 is something that's quite... It's, it's difficult, you know, with, with corporate, there's a point where you do your best and then you just are like, I'm going to go to sleep. I'll see this tomorrow. Or, this. you know, it's going to, you know, somehow yeah. you just think it's going to figure itself out. But with entrepreneurship, you are the last man. You, it's you know, everything on you, yeah. You, you are the person who has to drive solution. The person has to drive sustainability for the business. You're Strategy, that last person. Yeah. You know, so you, you, there's almost a point where you are fully accountable for this business. You're fully accountable to staff. If you've employed people, you need to, you know, make decisions that take their well-being into account. Whereas sometimes I think with corporate, it's the responsibility Shelter. is not so much. It's not yours, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, things go wrong. You have to learn on the ball how how to manage it. So I, I definitely think entrepreneurship builds resilience, and it builds a very strong character I because I yeah. think you you just need to know how to run with the knocks. You just need to know how to navigate the knocks. It it just you can't predict what a week, what a month is going be. to look like. You can do your best, but there's so much that happens that you haven't planned for, whether it's mm. good, whether it's bad, that you now need to integrate into the business. So I just think you also need to be agile in terms of um, an agile thinker, to be able to think yeah. on your feet, to be able to be solution-driven if you are going to be an entrepreneur. Mm. And then the lessons, are any of those from your corporate background or it's something that you have to pick up? with the punch because then imagine the transition is, is real mm. now everything is falling on you and uh we're waking up now two uh, it's about almost two years now that you've now that's all you do now that transition to say what if i now um roll with the punches swim or or drown situations mm. so yeah um and that kind of transition was it something that you picked up from um like at work uh, as uh, in the corporate industry or something that you just had to maybe pick up a book and learn from it or um, so for me, before in my corporate job, I was in management consulting. Yeah. So we were doing uh, we're doing solutions for clients, clients right? So, so yeah. they bring you in. Obviously, a business is not doing well, or a business unit is not doing well. So I think that gave me a lot of like uh, the, the solution oriented thinking that I could apply to yes, entrepreneurship, yeah. right? Yeah. But it also makes you tough because you work for a client. You can present a solution to a client that a client is going to tell you it's rubbish. So it also <laughs> builds that emotional resilience, which I think you need to get used to if you're going to be an entrepreneur because you're going to get a lot of no's. A lot of no's, yeah. Um, so I think uh, my corporate role really helped me in, in, in the, t the fact that by the time I was ready to leave, I had gotten those skills. You know, to also be able to be in front of the client gives you the confidence to, to also be in front of investors or in front of people that you're asking for deals they, from or yeah. you're asking for, you know. So there's a lot that I took from my corporate role and I almost think that it made me very strong at an early stage, stage with Korea. The yes, fact that yes. I had those lessons yes. and I'd learned those lessons because, yeah. like I said, I'm, I'm very resilient. Like, okay, you get knocked down, let's get back up. Because up, yeah. 
That's it. If you've got a client deliverable, you, you just have to perform. You have to deliver. <laughs> so done, yeah. I, I think there's, there's, there's a lot of beauty in, in corporate. And for me, I also think having had a corporate role transitioned into management oh, consult, mm -hmm. I mean, having had management consultant transitioned to into entrepreneurship, it, 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 it helped me a lot. Um, the skills more than anything. Also from a network perspective, um, you know, to be able to call people up or to be able to bounce things through people, it helped me. So I'm almost very pro-corporate before entrepreneurship, if you can. Um, and it also just teaches you how to work with people, which I think is important. It's very important, it's, especially it's, in it's, yeah. it's up there, like people skills, it's up there. Mm. But then those are the things that most of the people don't never get uh, until they're in uh, yes. the, the whole mess. Another one that we just, just want to check, um, challenges and fa like challenges and anything that is construed as failure in, in, in business. Um, uh, in SA, we don't embrace, not necessarily embrace, it sounds better when I say embrace, but we don't deal very well with, 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 with failure and understanding um, the lessons from it. Uh, previous discussion I had with Dylan, one of the guys that I had, um, was how did he move from the situations where the doors were closed or getting closed uh, to get to a point where getting them open and stuff like that. How did he, he deal with his failure? My question probably, like, to you probably be the same, to say failure or challenges that you came across. How do we come across those? Oh, but again, again circumvent, you know, how did you get around um, any situation that was like a hectic uh, moment whereby, you know what, it's fine. I've, I've messed I mean, up. It, it happens and, mm. you know, um, it happens and there's there's failings, um, you know, there's humiliation or there's postponement of things yeah. or, you know, um, things get put on hold. It, failure happens um, mm. and sometimes it's your fault. Sometimes it's not your fault. Sometimes it's just the business environment How at the is, time yes. or the business readiness at the time. The most important thing is to fail forward and... It's not that I'm saying don't feel the negative emotions. Obviously, when you fail, it's not a good feeling. There's no one who wakes up in the morning and they're like, I'm going to try and fail, <laughs> you know? So it is a negative emotion. Um, so deal with it, the emotional part, but fail forward and learn what take you... Take the lessons yes, from Take it, the yes. lessons and, and fail forward. Because I think a lot of times we wallow so much in what didn't go wrong okay. that there's so much that's going right that, that the what, did, what yeah. went wrong is now just an eclipse over everything. Um, and so then it comes back to that resilience because I don't think you can be an entrepreneur and just not be resilient. You sort of, I don't know, you have to have this, I don't know, a, like bounce back ability. Bounce this ability, crazy Jay, that's bounce yeah. back ability, yes. Uh, I know, I, like, for me, I was telling somebody that um, my, fail, my failures are so well documented because I've got them in my bank statement. I can see that, you know, that was a big boo-boo and everything. Sometimes it, it becomes expensive, but most of the time we just need to figure a way to say, you know what, this is A, B, C that I've learned from it. The next man don't do it. Cash flow. When I started, cash flow was, I didn't even know about cash flow until I got to a point whereby I've got an order that needs to be delivered in a week. I've got money that's coming a week afterwards, but I need to start production now. And that's when I discovered cash flow. Uh, I couldn't deliver. <laughs> the lesson was, preparing for any eventual work within have money lying around so those kind of lessons as much as it, it hits you hard we just need to find a way to say as you say being resilient that's no, yourself I mean, often i've also had to learn about the, the like um working capital management yes. the cash flow because there was a time where i think 
I used to take not pride. I used to, you know, when you stockpile as an entrepreneur and you go into the warehouse <laughs> and it's just boxes and full. boxes of products uh, and boxes and boxes of containers yeah. um, or packaging, and that's money that's out of your cash flow. You know, while you're busy stockpiling these boxes and it looks nice because maybe if someone walks in, it looks like, sure, they've got all these boxes. But that's cash flow. Why are you keeping so much inventory? So for me, I also had that failing where the business was, I mean, I'd say almost bankrupt or it could just fund itself in the operating cost because I was just keeping so much inventory. inventory. And there was no reason for that and it's because i hadn't learned properly about how to project and what should i, mean, I keep on hand what should i you know so you you stockpile and you you go and you you, you get lots of packaging in from china and that yeah, packaging that's sitting it's money looking that's at there. you that's money yeah. that's the, you the, know, the, the rent back in the rent dollar could go down or go up so you could have realized more value by having less and stuff. i yeah. could have added another staff member yeah. who would have increased productivity you know yeah. there's so much um that we don't talk about around cash flow. No. And I think that's where most businesses fail. Well, and that's yeah. what we saw now with COVID, with businesses that have been established for years and years. years. But yeah. three months of a lockdown and a business has they had to close work. its store. And, yeah. and most likely that's a cash flow issue. The fact that they can see that they won't be able to recover in the short run from the money that's so lost from the lockdown. Close, so yeah. working capital management and how to manage and project cash flow is one of the things people don't speak about. Mm. You know, because typically when people ask you about numbers, they're going to ask you about revenue, they're going to ask you about all those numbers, but no one's asking you how well are, are you managing to, the cash yes. in the business? Because yeah. you could be turning over in the millions, but the Laguna. business is also in the millions in <laughs> overdrafts, you know? So yeah. it, it, it's, it's one those of lessons, those. The, the distinguishing between the two and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, and yeah. I mean, yeah, and no one wants to speak about cash because it's embarrassing, right? And we live on social media and everything, and we present look, a certain yeah. life. So no one wants to actually say, guys, my business is running out of cash. Um, and I think that's a I'm lot of what that. happens. And people don't say that or don't speak about that until it's late. It's and late, then you yeah. find that there's so many arrears, and now the business has to close over maybe something that could have been circumvented three, six months prior. By planning, different planning, yeah. And then the use of professionals, um, um, uh, like your background helps you because of, 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 of the management consulting. But like, let's say everybody else who doesn't really have that particular skill um, with them, did you get somebody to come in and have a look at why am I, why do I have stock but I don't have money? Uh, why do I have a, a potentially sixty thousand worth of orders that we can't fulfill at this particular point? Fulfill. Yeah. So I, luckily, I think I've got a mentor who's very tough love on me. Um, so nice. immediately, he was like, mm. That's the problem. Well, mm. yeah. But then I was stubborn, but it was still like, <laughs> mm. And then um, I think last year when I then went on to, to be full-time with Corium, then I joined an incubation hub. So I joined oh, nice. Riverside's incubation hub. So I also think being part of an incubator Helps. helped a lot. Okay. You know, because... Yes, they leave it up to you in terms of how are you going to initiate the help that they, they can give you, but they give you the advice, you know? They can tell you that this is, you know, this is not how to do it. Because there was a point where I couldn't fulfill, like, um, installing the full warehouse because all the money was tied, tied in stock, stock yeah. right? And so when the money is tied in stock, even with your marketing activities, they're contrived because all the money is in stock. So now you need to get the stock moving to move, out yeah. as fast as possible so that you can fund everything. So I think... That was the biggest thing, because for me, I used to walk in and see like boxes, and I thought, yeah, and this is a good this feeling, is, like you know, this is right. You know, and I was like, mm. and you've got few that was an ego decision, yeah. I think. So now I'm a little bit smarter, and um, I also Taking think out. the most important thing, one of the more important learnings, uh, going back to failure, is 
you cannot make an ego decision on business resources. You. You can't make decisions that look good, that yes. sound good, that are impressive when you know in the background you're yeah, taking knocks. Yeah. And I think for me that was that, you know. And now we're fully using the warehouse, but the, I could have gotten a smaller warehouse still at the same incubation hub, but I took a very big one. I think because it was a double thought, volume yeah. because I was thinking we're going to grow, we're going to be so big, we're going to... And that should have been something that happened gradually. So it's fine now that is all rectified, but it's just, it's it's one of those things that you, you sort of need to detach yourself from an ego so, yeah. if you're going to be an entrepreneur. Otherwise, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. So that goes to... For the very same people you're trying to impress, to impress as well. Yeah. Mm. And then they're probably waiting for you to actually trip up. So planning phase uh, that you've implemented now, it's more of uh, quarterly, do you say, okay, fine, now since my lessons, I don't have to have so much stock in this quarter because I usually sell X amount. And then now you start planning a bit better, I suppose. I think so. I think now we're planning a bit better in terms of the projections and everything. So this year has been stop and start because of COVID. COVID yeah. So we've actually been short where we can't send and fully... Um, fully service orders from Clients, yeah. the, the stockists or yeah. orders from the demand, which is also a learning. But with COVID, a lot of the packaging, a lot of things come yeah, in through yeah, import. So that was something that was an environmental threat. I could not do anything about yeah. that. So we've learned from that. But I think I'm far more comfortable now in terms of the cash flow, in terms of how the business is running, and in terms of just you know managing the business. Because almost as, as a a business person, you need to be detached from your business's marketing so, or their social media or the PR or whatever, because that can give out. you yes. a wrong impression. Because now you're, you're, you're busy sprinting up a business because yes. there's a perception about the business. Yes. You want to sprint, you want to run, you want to... So I think those were the biggest things in terms of now, yes, I love this business. It started as a passion, but sometimes you need to just take out, out the emotions. Yes and take logical decisions for the business. Do not immediately respond to a tweet that is critical. Just maybe chill a bit. Figure out why would this person be... Okay, now I get that. And also, um, for growth purposes, um, you guys are... are I, I, I learned the other day that you guys are through SA, like SADC, uh, throughout maybe like the southern... Oh, okay, African we do that community. through Faithful to Nature because they have. But that was also, I think, affected with the lockdown. So it hasn't... In it, it isn't where, I think, at this time where we thought it would be. Okay, that's no, fine. Um, also, understanding uh, through business is growth. You know, uh, we always have, I don't know what kind of perception we have of, of, of growth. I, I, I opened this store thinking by year two, I'll have three more stores. But then the lessons or the challenges that I faced here made me realize that don't even hurry it. Um, just try to serve this particular community before you get, you know, to, to outside. How do we deal with growing too quickly? I've seen a few entrepreneurs that have grown too quickly, but I'm worried about that. I also feel like with Corium, we grew very fast, and there was a point where then I had to be like, okay, we need to stop, and that's why it helped to be part of the incubator, because then yes. they saw the big red flags, and they saw the blind spots that I was not seeing, so that helped. But I also think being young or being a black entrepreneur, or being a woman entrepreneur, being anything that is a, a minority, there's so Still, much pressure yes. to be a success story. Yeah. Which is then why people feel like they have to be sprinting and they have to have yes. these milestones and these accolades and whatever, because it's just the environmental pressure because we, we didn't grow up seeing many people with our backgrounds whatever yes. do that. So now there's yeah. a lot of, so I think... You're like the first time, first generation type So I think of, yeah. that's the other thing. That's why I'm saying you have to divorce ego. And also you must actually divorce yourself from the public perception of the business, I think. Because a business could be doing very, very well and then you feel you have to play a certain persona 
of to match up to to be this yes. excellent a young excellent person when yes. you know that you know what i need to work Sort on certain out. things in the business so that's why i'm saying that the, the, for me there was a line i could just i don't know engrave you need to take ego out of your business, business. decisions because ego it kills us i can even chasing milestones we're chasing milestones because it's now a narrative that we're chasing up to it's a narrative that's not set up by well, us I, but, but unfortunately guys, yeah, it's a narrative that you're starting to feel pressure for and that has it probably has nothing to do with your planning nothing to do with your business but it's something that, that is already and next there. thing they're going to be like oh first young person to have a what what in morning side yes. and then you feel pressure and you're like oh, which other community or neighborhood can right. i go in before you've properly set this up this and made up, this yeah. one uh, sustainable because it's it's that but it's also hard to pressure. resist it's, it's also hard to resist that kind of excitement from everybody else uh, their expectations of what you started i've i've, I've seen people own um, not not own our success but own our uh our journey for you, yes. yes but then that becomes a problem to me when i'm not really ready <laughs> ready for that kind of, you know but it's there everybody's like yo we are you know but I, I, it, it's one of those things that the journeys needs to be properly not, not necessarily we have to let everybody in on what's happening inside just to find a way to keep people on the same journey that we're on because i've 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 read a few success stories as nice as beautiful as they are it looks very hollow the guys are, are on a five year uh, uh, level uh, but they've only been like in business for two years somebody pumps in maybe like a huge amount of money and then now they're thinking no i mean it, it can and cannot work right so it depends that's why i'm saying you need to actually find a way to insulate yourself from the outside noise Balance, because yeah. i think that's what you're in this shy eye that's the thing that really it gets us to make decisions we're not ready for because we're taking in so much of the outside noise and the outside expectations right um so i think that's it if you can get that balance right because the, the, that validation and that um what's it that affirmation from the from outside, outside noise yeah. is good it's good for you but it, you, it, you can't run your business for that it has to be something solid that you can you know because you know. it's those same people when you fail who are also going to move on to the next success story they're not emotionally tied to you so you need to do the best for the business sometimes you know and just forget whatever the outside noise is saying yeah nice one and then now how do you balance the lifestyle so now that's why my my biggest thing usually is is we get so into uh what's this um, our businesses our uh newfound passion or we extending it and everything like that but then how do we balance how going out um chilling so for me i don't know if i have a balanced lifestyle i don't know if i'll have one until i don't know when um i feel <laughs> like i burn out sometimes and then so i'm not the best person to ask but that's also the reality of it of, that yeah. sometimes you are going to burn out sometimes you're going to work yourself to a bone sometimes you're going to relax it's just difficult so for me i know one of my weakest areas is the work life balance and it's something that you know when i'm not when i'm 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 not feeling good or whatever I, i'll detach and i'll take some time out i'll even go off social media or whatever just to revive myself but i haven't found that i wish someone could question. teach me at that I one wish. i don't even want to lie and then gym gym or anything else that you do so gym used side. to help me a lot um in terms of having a, a routine thing, yeah so when you go and you train with the trainer it give, it puts you into a routine so i used to have Gets a routine that, yeah. yeah so that used to help me a lot even with my sleeping it used to help me um but it's it's just it's it's a bit difficult to get work life balance i think especially if you in the first 5 years or you're still yeah. in startup because you just feel personally responsible for the business as well yeah. right so i wouldn't be able to take 3 months off and go on overseas holiday 
in as much as I'd like to have I built the business to that, you know. So but it's coming, it's coming. I feel like it's coming It soon-ish. will happen, yeah? yes. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. You, you get so emotionally tired that you're like, okay, I'm taking two weeks off. But even that guilt is like a lot. I've, I've, taken, I've taken three days off with my laptop uh, still connected to the store. <laughs> and then I'm like, and, and you know, they've, they've asked me like, go rest. We, we've got this and everything like that. But the way you understand your business, you probably be like, oh, I wonder when's that. So I tried hiring to allow me to have some time. I still, I still fail at that because who's, who's, who's making sure that things are happening, finding that time away just to disconnect from the store. I tried going on a holiday. Um, it didn't work out because I felt good. I don't think the guys are ready because it's just recent. And I'm thinking to myself like, no, we still have, you know, next year. I'm targeting January to take my first week off. It happens, and then you're like, I'm supposed to be off. So I try, I mean, I try to go home, uh, which is KZN, I try to t- take time out. Um, so I know my busy cycle is from the 24th, because on the 25th, people oh. get paid up until the 7th. Seven. Okay. Uh, and then between that, it gets a little bit quiet. Sure. So I, I, I now know what the monthly cycle is. So I know that uh, 24th to the 7th, I'm working like crazy, but then the other two weeks in the month, what time? Okay. I can even like, work two or three days a week oh, that's you know? yeah. so i've learned now that the the patterns of the business the quiet so times mess me up a bit because that, that's what i'm thinking to myself maybe me not being there oh <laughs> i i do i'm like i i started a thing where like on a monday or on a friday i work from a coffee shop or i work outside oh, nice. just it just it also to be away from home space. or to be away from the workspace yeah. so i do that and then it, it helps me just plan everything properly because sometimes you just too into the business. this, yeah. Yes. No, I've, I've, I've seen that. I've tried balancing out also uh, relationships. I think they, they, there was a point where relationshiping was so hard because there's expectation of spending time. For me, it sounds futile when the time we're going to be spending is going to cost us money while we could be making money. And, and, and I think there was a time I tried having a date at a market and the person was like, but you're here to work. And I was like, yeah, actually. well, <laughs> actually, you can go have an ice cream. We, we can do I this while I serve, you know. So uh, I, I suppose eventually when we get to a level where the businesses are, uh, where we are recognized as a, a, in your company, I've seen people get boss of the, boss of the year awards by, oh. the, by the team. Oh, I think my team, the day they start doing it, I'll, I'll probably you know, it, you know then we can leave them to do you know, most of the stuff. All right, now, and then um, the future for Curium. Where do we see it? So with Corium, I mean, this year, um, I think because of COVID, we, it's, it's been a good learning year. So next year, definitely, it's about the retail, it's about the shelves, it's also about Africa. So we had found um, a, a distributing agents in Ghana nice, and Nigeria. Nice. So we've done that. But then because of COVID and everything, Stood, there's not stopped. a lot of movement that's happened. So Africa and retail is really where we are. Opportunity, yeah. um, we're launching new products at the end of November. Okay. Um, so that is, we've been working on those formulations and everything. So I think... Cosmetics and personal care is a very resilient um, sector of the market yeah. because if you think about it, yes, you may cut down money, but you are still going to have to buy, buy, buy soap. You are still going to have to buy face cream. So we've taken hits, but not. Um, I, th- I think we've been insulated a bit when I look at how other sectors have performed throughout COVID, yeah. right? So it's it's just now about moving forward yeah you know so the biggest thing is still the import the fact that we get our packaging from china it's so unreliable the cost has gone up like crazy is there a way to bring it uh, local the now? cost i'm not sure if it's the safety precautions that are now being taken with shipping or but the cost of shipping is crazy the cost of you know 
it, it, it is crazy, and that eats at your profit margin. So the time is longer, the cost is higher. So and South Africa doesn't make packaging. So those are, one, those are the things where we've been, you know, on the supply side, we've taken hits, you know, with the uh, raw butters or the oils that we use to actually make the products, those come in through the ports. So that is slower. So the, the, the value chain has been hit in terms of a turnaround time. It's just, it's one of those things we're going to have to, to manage because I can't make importing work faster. Yeah. I, I don't have that power. And the options that we have locally are not able to it's, sort it's of It's very nature. expensive it's with very those expensive. things. But with some things, like if I'm using shea butter, shea butter only comes from Nigeria and Ghana uh, for the whole world. Uh, you know, so it will come through on a container, whatever, it will have to be a transnet port in Durban. They are not working with the full staff or the staff is on shift, uh, so you know, because of COVID are, or whatever. Oh. So if it was taking 10 days to clear a container, it's taking 20, 20 days. And sometimes you can't even track in which part of, of the port you know, is stuck, yeah. so it's just become very frustrating. But it's it's something that you just need to then Pick become very good with your it's gonna go communication. That, it's going to go back to that idea of now overstocking. Because, mm, yo, that one, I haven't found a watertight way to, to, to move it. around that. So yeah. I've just, I've like, I, you just accept it. I think that is just, we're going to find some way. I'm not sure when, you know, if Into. things will ever go back to how they were. As well now, if I'm taking increases on the packaging and the labeling on the raw materials, am I expected to increase the price to my consumer yeah. who has taken a retrenchment, who's taken a pay cut, yes. who's working less hours? So it's just... The balance is going to be There's an environmental growth, mess, so. I think, that yeah. I don't know who's going to fix. But growth um, also comes with challenges. <laughs> growth comes with challenges, so I can just see um, with what you have put in place, being able to find a way to... Um, manage this particular part of the business. Um, you being in Africa is, as I don't know, and anticipating not in a bad way. <laughs> but then not in a bad way. But I'd, I'd, I'd love to have a read about the story from uh, somebody who started it as passionately as, as like as a person, but grew it to be a global brand. You know, um, over time, yes, maybe we'll follow the journey as much as we can. And we're just looking forward to hearing more good stories, the success stories, things that people don't really talk about when we... It will, it will happen. It's just we've all now had time to reflect because of COVID. And I also think it's, it's, it's given us a lot of time um, to plan because we don't know how long this disease is around or this virus is around for without a vaccination or without, it, eh? without some sort of, you know. So there's practical things that you're going to, to have to, to think about. How do I move smarter? If I can't... If I can't affect the price of importing, what other parts in my value uh, can chain can I start to cut costs in? You know, because businesses are going to have to be smarter, they're going to have to be more agile Agile, and more yeah. creative, and those are the people who are going to survive, right? So it's it's just it's it's forcing you to to just reflect a lot, you know, and Sit back and look, yeah. and some businesses will close and come back. You know, if you think about a Prada at Diamond Walk, already on level five, they just closed because they knew that. Their cash flow is going to be, be affected, you know, and yeah. the rental that they're paying there is so high. So they will come back. And for them, they made a projected decision then to try and, like, stick and through now, the tough time. I'm mm. just going to close down. The brand is strong enough anyway. They'll probably be back. In a few years. And you know, so with some back. people, that's the tough decision you have to make, that temporarily I'm going to have to close down business units or the actual entire business and come back with a different business model. Yeah. 
But I still think that is a, a better way to do it than to force yourself and to, to, to just incur debt and to just. That's you know, where that pride, what you call it, the, the, the ego decision, ego. yes, uh, that, that comes through. Uh, men's range is coming soon, or do we have? So the products are unisex, but we've just never marketed that way. But men prefer to oh. have differentiated products and sets. Yes. yes, they like the navies and yes. the greys. They like those kind of. It shouldn't be very colourful because bit, then I'm, I'm thinking too. Yeah, no, that's fine. We should we should be looking out for the men's range. Even if it's just uh, what you call branding outside. No, it is. Usually <laughs> it's branded and they use like menthol or mint or those more masculine, what, what, masculine yes. uh, scents. Then I'm men, getting myself a serum. The is that a serum? The same. A is serum. A serum? I'm getting myself a serum. You know, they've they, they been telling me about getting all these moisturizers and whatnot. But then I was thinking to myself, like, I'm waiting for you to, to just put the word men on well, one of do those. It, <laughs> well, do it. But thank you so much. So yes. if anyone um, is is watching, please follow Corium. It's at Corium Skincare, C-O-R-I-U-M Skincare on all the platforms. Yeah. And I think, thank you so much. I spoke no so much, but it's, it's okay. No, but thank you very much for your time, Magitne. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Uh, this was Mpumi over coffee. We hardly had any coffee. Conversation was so good. So please uh, catch us every week uh, when we launch our podcast and also catch us on YouTube. Uh, the sites to follow, it's Mpumi over coffee, uh, at the Mpumsta on social media, all platforms. And as you heard, it's Kuriam Skincare on all platforms. Thank you very much. Cheers, guys. Bye. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs>